Good evening. Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoint. Your program with nationally recognized guests who are experts in their fields discussing today's most pressing issues and where your viewpoints matter. So call with your question or comments about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Darnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here's your viewpoint host, Darnell Edwards. Good evening and welcome everyone to Darnell Edwards Viewpoints. And I am your host, Darnell Edwards. We thank you for joining us for tonight's program, What is Bitcoin and Cryptocurrency? should you invest as you probably know by now april is financial literacy month and tonight we continue our series of special programming centered around personal money management which includes many outstanding guests like our guest this evening and also on our personal money management program on the cwr talk network the lionel shipman shape your finances show on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. So join us all month long as we celebrate Financial Literacy Month. Our special guest is author and cryptocurrency expert, Mr. Andy LaPointe. Prior to getting involved with blockchain technology in 2013, Mr. LaPointe spent 15 years in the corporate world as a registered investment advisor. Series 7 stockbroker and mutual fund wholesaler. He possesses a deep knowledge of the financial markets, blockchain technology, asset allocation, risk tolerance, and cryptocurrency. Regardless of who you are or your background, if you have an interest in understanding cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, the information Mr. LaPointe will share with us this evening will be of great benefit to you. As a matter of fact, he wrote the book, and we'll talk some more about that as we go along in our program this evening. So please join me in welcoming to the CWR Talk Network and Dono Edwards' Viewpoints, Mr. Andy LaPointe. Welcome, Andy. Hi, Dono. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Now, uh, we anticipate that this is going to be a very interesting program and that there will be a lot of questions. So don't be shy. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call uh, with your questions. Our number is 563-999-3660. That's 563-999-3660. Now, Andy, as I just mentioned, you wrote the book on Bitcoin. So tell us about your background with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and your book. Well, thank you very much. And as you mentioned, I did write a uh, the book entitled Bitcoin and Cryptocurrency Jumpstart Course. And basically what it is, it's a step-by-step -step guide to walk individuals through to, number one, understanding exactly what blockchain technology is, understanding cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, but more importantly, is to determine if investing in cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin is appropriate for themselves and their families, which will walk them through their risk tolerance, number one, asset allocation, number two, building a strategic portfolio uh, for themselves and their family, number three. But most importantly, number four, you should only invest in, in – 
spend your money on things that you understand. And what my book does is to satisfy that need, is to help folks to make wise and intelligent decisions if Bitcoin and cryptocurrency investing is appropriate for them. Okay. Uh, that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask based on something that, that, that you said. Uh, if a person has no experience whatsoever in investing, but they've heard all about this cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and everything, and it, it sounds interesting to them and something like something they might want to do. Uh, obviously, uh, your book will help them, but uh, what advice would you give someone like that before they make the jump and lunge head on into investing in, in cryptocurrency? Well, that's the biggest challenge today is because there's so much information out on the Internet. And as you know, Donnell, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. <laughs> so yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> there, there's so much information on the Internet. And unfortunately, a lot of the information on the Internet is written in such a way to um, only sell a product. I mean, of course, I would like people to purchase my course and purchase my book um, you know, from my website at Bitcoin Learning Centers.com, but more importantly, is individuals just getting involved in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency need to find a trusted source, an individual who has the experience, the deep knowledge of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, but more importantly, how to present it in a manner which isn't number one hype or number two. You know, if you don't buy it today, you're going to miss out because any investor right. shouldn't do that. And with, you know, with the, the, what makes me a little bit different is, as you mentioned in the introductions, I spent 15 years as a registered investment advisor. I mean, I worked with individuals that were allocating uh, 50 and 100 dollars per month for college education programs, as well as. NFL professional players um, out of Indianapolis. I was on the investment team for two NFL professional players. So I've worked with ultra high net worth individuals. So it really doesn't matter what your asset base is or your investments when you get started. When you take that first step, you need to number one, feel comfortable with what you're doing. Number two, understand what you're doing. And number three, understand why you're doing it. Everyone wants to make money, but more importantly is you have to understand the why behind any sort of investment. Okay. Now, you've mentioned some terms, and there are terms I'm sure that we've, we've all heard uh, that are unfamiliar related to cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency itself for some people. So let's begin by discussing those. First of all, uh, you mentioned blockchain. What is blockchain? Well, and that's a great question because when folks talk about cryptocurrency, all they, you know, what a lot of folks look at and and read about is you know how cryptocurrencies are going up you know 50 and 100 percent within a month or two months which it does happen but more importantly is you have to understand the technology underneath each one of the cryptocurrency coins or the cryptocurrency tokens and basically a blockchain it's a digital ledger that transactions are made on for each individual coin and they're recorded chronologically and it's a public ledger, which means anybody can go and look at transactions on a blockchain. They can't be changed. They can't be altered. But number two, it has all the transactional information of a transaction. Like, for example, um, Donnell, if you and I, if I purchase your car, you're selling your car for, 
you know, $10,000, for example, and I make a purchase with Bitcoin from you for $10,000, that transaction from wallet ABC will be recorded on the public blockchain for $10,000 or one Bitcoin, for example, going from wallet XYZ. It doesn't tell your name or my name, but it keeps the transactional digital information of the underlying transaction. So the nice thing about it is, as blockchain technology becomes more and more ingrained in our lives, just like the internet did over years, it basically verifies information. So today we Google for information, tomorrow blockchain will verify all the information we Google for. Okay, so in other words, it's kind of like a universal accounting ledger that keeps track of all the transactions uh, made with cryptocurrency? That's exactly right. And the benefit about it is it, it can't be changed. Once it's, once it's entered oh, okay. into the database, where with a regular database, since it's a centralized database, like, for example, you have a, your listeners have a database on their home computer. They go in and they, they write a Word article and they click Save, for example. Then tomorrow they can go back in and overwrite that Word article because they made a couple mistakes or such like that, and that new file will have that overwrite that old Word article. In a blockchain technology, that first article that you wrote will have, let's say, for example, your name if you want it disclosed, and the original copy or content of that first article. Then tomorrow, it'll say you made these changes to this article, then the next day you'll make these changes to the article. So it allows folks to go back and create and analyze any transactions on a specific blockchain to verify that they're true. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, uh, speaking of cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin, uh, what what is cryptocurrency? And more specifically, what is Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin, Bitcoin was created back in 2008 by a white paper. Um, and then in 2009, the actual first Bitcoin was created. So Bitcoin itself is a cryptocurrency. And the definition of a cryptocurrency is basically digital money. It's very similar to sending email over the Internet. It's a digital email where cryptocurrency is actually digital money. So in essence, you can send a gold token over the Internet from me to you. So that's what cryptocurrency basically is, is digital money. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, I, I guess there's not some bank or some place that you go to to uh, get cryptocurrency or to get Bitcoin. So how does a person get uh, Bitcoin or any kind of cryptocurrency so that they can well, send it electronically? Yep, and that's one of the that's one of the biggest questions that I receive is you know how do how do I get how do I acquire some Bitcoin? How do I get some cryptocurrency? There's basically four different ways that you can get uh, cryptocurrency. Number one is that you can actually purchase it from a digital cryptocurrency platform. And basically, it's similar to a um, stock exchange, although it's not regulated by the SEC or such. So it's an unregulated exchange where people can actually buy and sell Bitcoins on a exchange. Similar to if you want to buy Ford stock, you have to open an account 
with your broker. You deposit money into the account. You can purchase, you know, 20 shares of Ford stock, and that shows up to your account. So you can you can purchase Bitcoin, for example, for U.S. citizens. You, a very popular exchange is Coinbase, and that's C-O-I-N-B-A-S-E dot com. And Coinbase is based out of the West Coast, and it allows you to actually fund your account with a bank wire. Once your account is funded with your bank wire, you can actually purchase Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies if you want to invest in them. Okay. All right. Very so, good. Yep. Yep. The, mm-hmm. the first way is you can buy it. The next way is what they call you can mine it, and that's M-I-N-E. And basically mining is solving complex math problems. And when you solve a complex math problem, you're rewarded a Bitcoin, actually 12 Bitcoins, for solving a problem. Um, And the way to do that is back in the old days in 2008, 2009, when Bitcoin was first created and first mined, you could actually mine it from your computers. I mean, you can use your GPU, your graphics interface, your processing unit to actually mine Bitcoin. But over over time, it's become more and more difficult because there's more and more people mining Bitcoin. So there's actual special what they call ant miners, which is actually just specialized computers, GPU computers, that actually go out and mine Bitcoin. And all you need to do is plug it into the wall, and you can start mining Bitcoin. Okay, so uh, I'm just curious here. Uh, it sounds like you're kind of giving away the shop when you do that. So it, it basically what you're saying is kind of like going to a literal diamond mine or a gold mine and mining for diamonds or gold. But in this case, you're doing it electronically, mining for Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency. So is the reasoning behind that to since it's kind of a new commodity to uh promote it and get more people to use it well the today it's it's yes and no because the purpose of a miner for example is to is twofold number 1 it verifies any transaction that is done on the bitcoin blockchain so since okay. there's no central bank or central authority that's issuing Bitcoin, you need individuals or miners to verify transactions. So, for example, when I purchase that car from you, uh, Dono, it goes onto the blockchain. It says, you know, Andy purchased this car from Donnell from for $10,000 or one Bitcoin. If that transaction was not verified, the blockchain or the public ledger doesn't know if I actually sent you the one Bitcoin, can I double spend that one Bitcoin? Or did you actually receive that one Bitcoin? And now is it recorded on the public knowledge of the public blockchain in your wallet? So what a miner does is it verifies transactions and it keeps the system or the blockchain secure because it's, since it's a non-centralized, it's a decentralized public blockchain, and as I mentioned, there's no central authority issuing Bitcoin, you need individuals to verify it as well as basically allow the blockchain to run smoothly with the computational power and solving the algorithms to issue new block claim, block Bitcoin blocks and verify transactions. Okay, so in other words, I know that's a long answer they, to your short question. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that's 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 kind of like a another uh way of uh checks and balances for the blockchain and it's kind of a form of payment for someone that would do that is is that kind of what you're saying that's exactly right because as a miner i mean if you would like if you want to go out and purchase a an ant miner that's what it's called it's called an ant miner a n t m i n e r ant miner and what i'd suggest for your for your listeners is go to youtube and type in bitcoin mining farm I mean, they call it a mining farm, and literally, there's there's literally hundreds and thousands of these little machines on racks that are actually solving computation algorithms to help secure and verify Bitcoin transactions. Okay. All right. Very good. That's very well, interesting. And, yeah, and then the third way to acquire Bitcoins is actually if you have a business, you can actually set up a an account through Coinbase, and let's say I, I come and mow your lawn, Donnell. I mean, you're, you're, this is working out great for you. I just bought your car, and now I'm mowing your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, let's say, let's say I mow your lawn for no, $10 or uh, 0.10 Bitcoin, okay? I, uh, I can set up Coinbase if you have 0.10 Bitcoin in your wallet. I come and mow your lawn. You send your Bitcoin from your wallet, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, to my wallet. So I would receive 0.10 Bitcoin instead of cash for mowing your lawn. So okay. you can, if you're a merchant or own your own business or from peer to peer, you can actually acquire Bitcoin by offering services. Okay. All right. Very and then, good. Yep, and yeah, then the fourth way of doing it is actually doing micro-tasks. And basically, a micro task is responding to emails, um, in addition to um, taking surveys. And there's there's a number of different websites that actually pay individuals for micro tasks, just like Fiverr.com does. And that's what's nice about my book. I outline all this information in one spot, where you can get that in a one spot, one stop shop, and have all that information in front of you, so we can kind of figure out, you know, how can I acquire Bitcoin. And more importantly, what do I need to do with it after I acquire it? Okay. All right. Very good. Well, right now we're going to take a break and we're going to come back because this is a very interesting discussion that we have going on right now. If you just joined us, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And our topic tonight is what is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency should you invest? And our special guest is cryptocurrency expert Andy LaPointe. If you have a question for Mr. Mr. LaPointe, uh, call us at 563-999-3660. That number again is 563-999-3660. When we return, we're going to discuss how to get and how to use Bitcoin uh, even more than uh, we just did. So stay tuned. <laughs> Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. 
College is back in session, and new survey results show that many students are getting failing grades when it comes to managing their money. According to a recent Visa USA Consumer Survey, 42% of consumers have never checked their credit score. The same survey found that only 20% of Americans know that it's perfectly legal for employers to refuse to hire a job applicant if they have a bad credit score. Jason Alderman is a personal finance expert and director of Visa's free consumer education and awareness program called What's My Score? College students entering the workforce need to know what their credit score is because it can have a serious impact on their ability to get hired. A bad credit score can send an otherwise well-qualified job applicant straight to the unemployment line. That's why it is so important for everyone to stick to a budget and pay their bills on time. Students and adults can get a free estimate of their credit score and tips on how to better manage their money by visiting whatsmyscore.org. I'm Lee Shepard. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037. So he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. Welcome back. If you just turned in, uh, tuned in, uh, this is uh, Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And tonight's topic for discussion is what is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Should you invest? And our special guest is author and speaker, Mr. Andy LaPointe. Now, uh, if you just joined us, uh, we've been talking about what uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is. And one of the things we mentioned we would talk more about when we got back, and I think we probably covered that pretty extensively already, is how to get Bitcoin. And uh, Andy said that you can get that through going to coinbase.com. Or also you can mine it, and also you can set up a, uh, a business account. I believe that's those were the three options. Is that, is that not correct? Uh, that is correct, and that's the uh, that's the nice thing about Bitcoin is there's a lot of different ways you can you can earn it. Just like real money, other than you can't print cash yourself, like you, but you can mine Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. But other than that, yeah, that's yeah yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, some people have tried to uh, print money and gotten in trouble. So <laughs> now that's that's a good question, though. Uh, your money can be counterfeited. Is there a way to counterfeit uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? And that that is the 
most popular question that I do receive, Donald, and the answer to the question is no. Because okay. although we just touched on the um, on the minor, uh, you know, briefly, with the technology, basically, Bitcoin is created using cryptography, and cryptography is basically a secure algorithm that is secures the the individual Bitcoin based upon technology, and with cryptography. What that does is that secures the individual transactions of the Bitcoin. Uh, basically, cryptography is like a secret code, like the Nazi Enigma code from the world, you know, from uh, uh, World War II. So mm-hmm. that's basically cryptography. But basically, what the miners do is they solve a complex algorithm, and the algorithm is called a hash, which is a very, very long um, sequence of letters and numbers. Um, so that's a hash. The hashes are actually used to what is created in the individual block. So for each transaction, there's a hash, which is an individual ID for the transaction. All those transactions are blocked together or lumped together, and that's what creates the blockchain. So to answer your question, can a Bitcoin be counterfeited? No, it can't, because since the blockchain is in a chronological order, the transaction of the one Bitcoin going from my wallet to your wallet to purchase your car had a hash of A, B, C, D, E, F, D, uh, E, F, G on January 1st, you know, 2018. If I try to send that individual Bitcoin, which has its own identification to another individual, the public ledger or the miners are going to reject that Bitcoin, just like every dollar has a serial number on it. It's already going to say that this serial number for this Bitcoin, in essence, went from Andy to Donnell on January 1st, 2018. So that's why it can't be duplicated or the Bitcoin cannot be double spent. So that's where the miners are very, very important. And that's the technology underlying the Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. You know, the the more I listen to, to this, it sounds like this is the future of money. So it's uh, very interesting. Oh, no, there's, there's no doubt about it. Actually, Bitcoin was the third attempt for cryptocurrency because there was actually a coin called eCash, and then there was a coin called DigiCash, which was actually created about three to four years before Bitcoin. But the difference between those two digital currencies, number one, it was a cent- the first one, uh, DigiCash, was a centralized currency, just like the Federal Reserve. They wanted to create the individual coins, for example, the digital money, and then have a, have a reserve, and they can issue coins just like the Federal Reserve can print money. But that was one of the reasons that it failed, is because people did not want a central authority to oversee digital cash. Okay. And it, and one other thing too is if you remember in 2008, that was the banking crisis in 2008. I mean, I I had a lot of my friends that got hurt. You know, um, I'm sure you did too, and some of your listeners yes. just went through a really really tough experience during that time. And what that unfortunately did is that created an enormous amount of distrust in many of our trusted institutions, in particular the banks. 
So what the digital cash did, and that's what made Bitcoin so popular at the time, is because a lot of people were getting hurt financially out of something that you and I or, you know, um, the folks that got hurt, not of their own making. So the digital interest in Bitcoin actually, was that was one of the underlying reasons for the explosive um, interest in Bitcoin was the mistrust in our trusted institutions like banks, for example. Okay. Now, uh, there are other cryptocurrencies uh, other than, than Bitcoin. So uh, what are some of those and why are they not as popular as Bitcoin? Well, it, that's a great question. Actually, there's over there's over about 2,500 different cryptocurrencies uh, today wow. and more being created every single day. I was um, not aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let me share a great website with you and your listeners. It's called Coin okay. Market Cap. So CoinMarketCap.com. And basically, what this is, this is the the Dow Jones of all of the cryptocurrencies out there, and it's listed okay. by alphabetical. You can you can sort by price. You can sort by cap market capitalization or how big the cryptocurrency is. So Coin Market Cap is a great way for for your listeners to go and you know learn a little bit more about cryptocurrencies, just to get an idea of what's out there. Number one, but more importantly, number two, the reason that Bitcoin is so popular, it had the first mover advantage. Okay. And plus number two, it basically started out at zero. I mean, it started out at no cost. There was no value to Bitcoin. And really money in and of itself doesn't have value. It's, it's what you and I uh, basically say what money right. is worth. It's intrinsic value. Um, so Bitcoin actually uh, in 2000 and Ten, an individual actually paid ten thousand Bitcoin for two Papa John's pizza to be delivered. So they paid ten thousand ten thousand Bitcoins, and right now Bitcoin's at ten thousand dollars for two Papa John pizzas to be delivered to his house because they wanted to prove if digital currency was feasible, number one, and did it work in the real world, number two. So that legend actually is the main legend that people say, wow, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll deliver two Papa John pizzas with all toppings for 10,000 Bitcoin. Not a problem. <laughs> at $10,000 for Bitcoin. But to answer your question, right. at first mover advantage, number one, and number two, it really captured the attention of individual of you know the public once it went from – you know, 10 cents, because the first spike in Bitcoin is around 2012, 2013, and that actually went from 10 cents up to about $1,300. Okay. And it, then it had a market correction. It, it corrected back down to about $200, and this happened all within about a three-month period. The second market spike that we just experienced when it took it up to just shy of 20000 that's the second market spike. We're going to have a third bull market within the next probably six to twelve months, and it's probably going to take it over fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Now uh, I think we kind of touched on this and danced around it a little bit already, but uh, is there a reason that a consumer may prefer to use cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin instead of cash or credit cards? 
Well, fortunately, um, I mean, there's there's been um, individuals on uh, MSNBC and on Yahoo and some of the other money sites that have actually gone out and lived on Bitcoin for 30 and 60 days. So okay. can it be done? Yes. The nice thing about where we are in the ecosystem of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin is there's a lot more companies accepting Bitcoin today than there were, you know, six and 12 months ago. And for example, if your listeners would like to get a list of just some companies that accept cryptocurrency, they can visit the website 99bitcoins.com. And is that the number 99? Yep, that's the number, so it's 99bitcoins.com. And then once they're on there, there's a great article. just need to do a quick search on companies accepting Bitcoin. Okay. And the nice thing about it, the nice thing about it is, is you're going to get a list of over, you know, 100-some-odd companies, everyday companies that accept Bitcoin. I mean, and again, this is just a, just a small selection of companies that do accept Bitcoin, but the nice thing about uh, cryptocurrencies is, is you can actually, you know, find companies that accept Bitcoin um, face-to-face or for everyday transactions. And also, you can, on your computer, if you go to bitpay.com, and that's a digital wallet. It's like a digital file on your computer. And we'll get into the, a little bit more about how to secure your Bitcoins but if, if your listeners go to bitpay.com, it's a free downloadable digital wallet that you can put right on your computer that once you own a Bitcoin, let's say you buy a Bitcoin from Coinbase, you can transfer it to your BitPay wallet on your computer. And then number two, once it's on your computer, you can actually purchase gift cards from Amazon.com. Okay. All right. Very good. So you now, can, uh, you know, there's more ways that you can actually use Bitcoin today compared to, as I mentioned, just you know, six and twelve months in the recently. Okay. All right. Very good. Now uh, we're going to come back and talk some more. Uh, we're going to take another break right here. You are listening to Daniel Edwards' viewpoints, and our topic tonight is what is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Uh, should you invest? And our special guest is author and cryptocurrency expert. Andy LaPointe. If you have a question for Mr. LaPointe, don't be shy. Give us a call right now, 563-999-3660. Our number again is 563-999-3660. We'll return after these important messages and talk about the rewards and the risk in investing in cryptocurrency. So don't go away. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. From the bargain hunter to the overspender, we all have a unique relationship with the almighty dollar. But how can a basic understanding of our relationship with money help us better manage it now and in the future? As children, there are certain messages we learn about money from our parents. 
from what they say about it to what they do with it. And these messages are organized in our brains at a very early age. It really does help to form our money personality. In an effort to help people understand their financial habits, nationally recognized financial experts John and Eileen Gallo have teamed up with Visa to create a money personality quiz. This quiz is based on a concept developed by the Gallows that each of us develops a unique relationship with our money in three areas, acquisition, use, and management. This interactive tool, comprised of three interactive rulers, each representing three different skill areas, helps consumers assess and measure different aspects of their money styles. And it gives you tips on how you can go change your behaviors in each of those three different areas. This allows you not only to understand what your relationship is with money, but in the future to make better financial decisions. For more information, visit practicalmoneyskills.com. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. Welcome back. This is Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and thanks for joining us for tonight's discussion. What is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Should you invest? We're joined tonight by a cryptocurrency expert and former registered investment advisor, Series 7 stockbroker and mutual fund wholesaler, Mr. Andy LaPointe. Andy, there are many fans of Bitcoin, and some of these are very famous individuals. In fact, some have become very wealthy or have significantly increased their wealth by investing in Bitcoin. So can you tell us who some of these famous fans are? Yeah, the um, uh, the nice thing about um, the internet is you can find pretty much anything that you want um, online, or, or excuse me, you can use it to promote anything that you'd like. Um, you know, from being a Bitcoin owner or any you know or anything else. But the thing about it is, is over the years, there's a lot of individuals that express interest in Bitcoin, including, um, I mean, Jamie Foxx. I mean, he's expressed interest in Bitcoin, um, as well as uh, Aston Kutcher. Um, she's expressed interest in Bitcoin. Uh, Paris Hilton has expressed interest in Bitcoin. But the, but the benefit about that is, is this brings a lot of public interest from individuals that, you know, like Paris Hilton or... Uh, Jamie Foxx or even Mike Tyson. The disadvantage about having some of those folks talk about, you know, their Bitcoin investments and how much wealth it's created, it causes a lot of other individuals 
um, to get involved in Bitcoin where it may not be really appropriate for them because they trust or they like that person's persona or or personality. For example, when we see someone okay. on TV and they said, you know, I'm sponsoring this, you know, this uh, this lipstick, for example, you know, it's like I trust this person. I don't know them personally, but I trust them. I like their movies. You know, I think they're a good person, so I'm going to go out and buy the lipstick, for example. You know, that's for two dollars and twenty cents for the lipstick that they're you know that they're presenting. But someone that's promoting an investment vehicle, that's really, really good to, to get Bitcoin into the public general awareness, but to buy something because Mike Tyson likes it or, or, or another popular <laughs> individual likes it, that's probably not the best way to spend, to spend your money. But the nice thing about it is it actually raises your attention to say, hey, you know what? I've never you know, really thought about Bitcoin. I've heard about Bitcoin. You know, if Aston uh, Kutcher likes it, maybe I'll learn about it more. So it's a great catalyst to, you know, uh, basically jumpstart people to learn more about Bitcoin because they've heard about it. They like now that, you know, their, their favorite celebrity has talked about it or a famous person has talked about it. It gets them to read more about it. But definitely just don't go out and invest in Bitcoin, um, you know, because your favorite celebrity does that. But again, it, it's bringing Bitcoin into the, the public realm. And matter of fact, there's a new um, movie coming out regarding um, uh, Bitcoin called Crypto Heads. And if you go on YouTube, it's a it's an indie movie. Uh, if you go on YouTube and type in Crypto Heads, there's a um, you know there's there's the uh, the previews and everything. It's, it looks like a pretty interesting movie. But this is the third or fourth indie movie that has came out regarding Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So it's becoming more and more mainstream uh, from that standpoint. Okay, now uh, we kind of talked about some of the other cryptocurrencies uh, earlier. Do you recommend any particular cryptocurrencies or uh, other than Bitcoin, are there cryptocurrencies you would recommend or suggest that uh, listeners might want to research? Yeah, yeah, and and that's a great question. And when I was an investment advisor, what I'd like to do, if if it's okay, is I'd like to talk a little bit more about the investment strategy Rather okay. than, excuse me, let me, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about the investment strategy first and then talk about individual cryptocurrencies that fit into the strategy. Because as we talked about earlier, we want to know the why behind we do something. And then once we know the why, we can understand, you know, how, how to implement it. So what I'd like to suggest is what I call the crypto investing pyramid. If your listeners could, you know, take a piece of paper or visualize visualize in their mind a, a pyramid, and then in that pyramid, draw two lines through that pyramid, about a, a third up through the pyramid, and again, another line about a, another two-thirds up the pyramid. So you're dividing that pyramid into three different sections, okay? Okay. The base of the pyramid, I like to call the blue chip cryptos. And this should be allocated about 40 to 60% of your overall investment pool that you have. Let's say you have $1,000 in the bottom part of the pyramid, which is the blue chip um, portion of the pyramid, about 400 to $600. Okay? okay. The middle part of the pyramid, which I call the, the penny cryptos, about 20 to 30% of your assets are about two to $300 invested in those 
penny cryptos is as we move up the pyramid, it's a little bit more high risk. Okay. Okay. And then the tip of the pyramid, that's where five to ten percent of your portfolio should be invested. You know, fifty to a hundred dollars. And that's what's the tip of the pyramid is your highest risk, and that's where you invest in ICOs or initial public or excuse me initial coin offerings, which are very similar to an initial public offering, where a new company comes to the market, they sell their stock on the New York Stock Exchange or um, the Nasdaq. That's an initial public offering. When a new blockchain company wants to raise money, they do it through an initial coin offering. And granted, initial coin offerings are coming under much more regulatory oversight compared to three and four years ago because there's a lot more government oversight for initial coin offerings just to reduce fraud and you know scammers and such, which I firmly believe in. So that's 5 to 10% of your portfolio would be in your initial coin offerings. Okay. Okay. So let's go back down to the blue chip cryptos. And when I mention blue chip cryptos, these are cryptocurrencies that, number one, have several things in common. And I'll just name off a few of them. I do have more in my course in my book. But the first one is broad market acceptance. Like Bitcoin, for example, as we talked about, there's hundreds and thousands of businesses that actually accept Bitcoin. So that means it's broad market acceptance. So you'd want to take some of your money, put it in Bitcoin. The next cryptocurrency to take a look at for the blue chip section of your pyramid is Ethereum. And when you go to coinmarketcap.com, Ethereum is the second largest crypto on the market. Okay, And the reason that it's the second largest crypto, it's the, it was basically the second generation of cryptocurrency, which offers smart contracts. So in your blue chip crypto, take a look at Bitcoin and Ethereum. As we move up the cryptocurrency realm, this is your what I call the penny cryptos. And typically penny cryptos are anything under uh, $5 and less, just like penny stock. Okay. But penny, penny cryptos are cryptocurrencies that, that are newer to the marketplace, maybe only two or three years old, but more importantly, they have a management team behind them, they have the technology behind them, and they're being accepted into the marketplace, um, just like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And a couple penny cryptos to take a look at is number one, Stellar. And what Stellar okay. does, it basically allows banks to send money internationally within minutes, not waiting days for an international wire. And number two, it's becoming more and more mainstream as a peer-to-peer payment processor, which means on my phone, I can send you, I don't know, you know, 20 Stellar instantly on your phone. So it's a peer-to-peer network as well. So that's Stellar. Another penny crypto is Cardano. And that goes under the ticker symbol ADA. Okay. And what Cardano does... That's basically the next generation of cryptocurrencies because not only does it allow smart contracts similar to Ethereum, but more importantly, it allows other smart contracts to be built upon the platform like Ethereum. But number two, it also allows the ability to other, of other blockchains to talk to each other or other coins to actually be exchanged to each other. So that's your penny cryptos for Stellar and ADA or Cardano. 
and then your ICOs or your initial coin offering. Initial coin offerings, I mean, they have a limited amount of time that you can invest your money into the initial coin offering, just like a IPO, initial public offering. But once you invest your money into an initial coin offering, you usually wait about four to six months before you have liquidity of your money that you invested with this new blockchain company or this new cryptocurrency. And the reason for that is the management team has taken all that money and they're starting to build the technology so they can bring it to the marketplace. Okay. And unfortunately, yep, and unfortunately with ICOs today, there's really no liquidity as there was three and four years ago with ICOs. One of the biggest risks is you may not have liquidity of your investment. So that's why I only put 5 to 10% into initial coin offerings. Okay, very good. Uh, we're getting close to the end of our program, and there was uh, another aspect that I wanted to uh, to consider so we can go through this before we conclude. Uh, as we mentioned, there are fans, but there's also skeptics of uh, Bitcoin and critics. In fact, some have been very critical and have uh, raised numerous questions. We'd like to consider several of these uh, and get your response. First of all, some skeptics say that Bitcoin is a bubble. So could you explain, first of all, for those of us who may not know, what a bubble is uh, in investment terms and why this would be a source of concern for critics? Yeah, the, um, the the Bitcoin bubble or a bubble is concerned when you have a limited number of assets and there's a lot of people with money that want to invest in those assets, just like the real estate boom of the um, you know mid-2000s or the late 1990s. There was a lot of people getting bank loans and um, a lot of money in their pocket. They were chasing real estate that was driving the price of real estate up very rapidly. So that's what's called a bubble. When Bitcoin's case, is Bitcoin in a bubble? No, it's not, because number one, it's still emerging technology, and number two, the price of Bitcoin has shot up, but we really don't know what the price of Bitcoin will be because the underlying technology is becoming more and more mainstream. So there's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be created. So that means there's only 21 million Bitcoin in the entire world. In 2040, that's when the last Bitcoin is going to be mined. So is Bitcoin in a bubble? In the short term, potentially, yes. But in the long term, no. It's not in a bubble okay. because Bitcoin is supported by the underlying technology of blockchain. Okay. Now, uh, others have serious concerns because Bitcoins are not tied to or regulated by any country. I think you mentioned that earlier. Uh, for example, financial advisor Michael Solari stated, and I quote, without a national bank backing the currency, what will happen if the market tanks or something goes extremely awry, end of quote. So what's your response? Well, the thing about it is is that a central bank can, yes, number one, have authority over monetary assets, but also, number two, central banks can print money and cause inflationary pressures, which basically okay. means t the value of today's goods, it's going to cost more dollars, for example, to buy a gallon of milk tomorrow due to inflation, where most cryptocurrencies are actually deflationary, where they have fixed numbers of coins available, number one. And number two, when a investment tanks, just like real estate, when the real estate market tanked, 
I still know a lot of people who are underwater, either in vacant property or their homes that they purchased, you know, 10 and 15 years ago because they purchased at the top of the market. That's an unregulated market, number one. And number two, being the ability of a deflationary asset, asset that actually causes price to increase because it's a deflationary access, you know, on, on, the, on the broad scope of it because there's more money chasing fewer goods that will cause the price of the leading cryptocurrencies to actually increase over time if their technology is adapted in the broader marketplace. Okay. Now, uh, Andy, another issue that some have raised uh, in this concern is expressed in a Bloomberg article, which stated, uh, quoting again, Bitcoin is highly concentrated in the hands of a few. As of earlier this year, just 1,000 people owned 40% of the Bitcoin, Bitcoin currency, end of quote. Uh, isn't this potentially dangerous? Uh, yes and no. When I say yes and no, number one, if you do have individuals that own 40% of Bitcoin and they all collaborate and collude among themselves to basically liquidate all their Bitcoin at once, number one, that will definitely drive the price of Bitcoin to the floor. But number two, they're basically depleting and destroying their own personal net worth. So okay. is that a risk? Yes, but not really, because there's only 21 Bitcoin ever created. There's no inflation in Bitcoin. But number two, the benefit of, only, of having um, a concentrated force right now is over time, let's say, now you have, you have uh, $20 million worth of Bitcoin. And as more and more people and businesses start accepting Bitcoin in lieu of goods and services, your purse or pocket or pool of Bitcoin over time is going to be depleted. So it's actually going to be spread out further into the economy, number one. And number two, you're going to take some of that money and invest it and start other businesses, which means you're actually helping to hire other individuals because – $20 million, that's a lot of money to go out and to dinner every day and go on vacation. <laughs> You're going to want to actually have that working for you and contributing back to society. Because if you think about it, most of those folks, those early adopters, they did it for the love of Bitcoin. We haven't even hit mass market adoption at this point. So if you're doing it as an individual who loves your subject, just like you talking about money and money education, you are passionate about money education. I can hear it in your voice. Just like these individuals are so passionate about Bitcoin, they want to take Bitcoin to mass adoption, which means investing into other businesses, which means taking that and basically spreading it out. And a matter of fact, a lot of those individuals – have actually created nonprofit organizations and, and donating to third world countries. They, individuals in third world countries here in the U.S. can, well, it's more of the third world countries, can actually apply to receive Bitcoin to start businesses in third world countries around the U.S. There's not too many people holding $10 million in their bank account that do that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's really amazing what the community is doing with Bitcoin and how it's bringing mass adoption. Finally, one more thing. Some are very concerned because they say Bitcoin is highly susceptible to hacking and theft. How do you counter? For hacking, no. Because, well, excuse me, excuse me. For uh, duplicating transactions, no, because due to the hash rate, the algorithm, and the, um, uh, the cryptography underlying Bitcoin, 
Hacking, yes. Unfortunately, if you have Bitcoin on your computer, someone can hack in and steal it. That's why you need to take very appropriate measures to secure it with antivirus software on your computer. Or number two, you can have what's called an offline wallet, just like you have a wallet in your back pocket. You can actually print out a piece of paper that has your wallet ID, let's say one, two, three, four. You have five Bitcoin in that. You can actually carry that wallet ID around with you, that piece of paper around with you. And when you want to buy a Bitcoin, you just type in where you want to send the Bitcoin from, your wallet, and where you want to send it to. So can you hack a piece of paper? No, you can't do that. And then number three, can it get stolen? Yes. Just like anyone can hack into your computer, they can steal that piece of paper out of your wallet. So if you do have you know, half a Bitcoin or more, it's very wise to have a paper wallet, have antivirus on your computer, and you can even purchase what's called a ledger, a nano ledger, which is similar to a USB drive. You can store your Bitcoin in a nano ledger and put it into your safety deposit box. Okay. As uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency evolves, uh, is the industry looking at ways of uh, uh, in, including in the cryptography or uh, in the uh, Bitcoin ways to make it safer and protect it from from uh, from hacking. Yes, yes, and a lot of that's our own personal responsibility, just like money. Okay. You have to be okay. diligent about saving your money, securing your own money from that standpoint. But one other thing that we didn't touch on is there's some people say there's no central authority for Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. There's actually countries creating their own central authority cryptocurrencies now. For example, Russia is creating a ruble currency. Venezuela just created a oil currency and unfortunately that is not good for the u.s dollar because all oil in the world has been traded as a u.s dollar as payment so if russia and venezuela have created their own cryptocurrency they don't need to purchase the u.s dollar to purchase oil anymore oh boy that is, so that's uh... one of the that's one of the disadvantages of cryptocurrency is there's no central authority from that standpoint but that's very that's we have we have to basically look at it as a laissez-faire approach number one you know let the market grow but we do have to have some oversight on cryptocurrencies because you know you want to keep out the fraudsters and the scammers and you want to take this new technology just like the internet nobody knew what the internet was back in you know 1996 1997 you just heard about it but as it came on AOL and Hotmail and you know what's that movie that, that what's it sleepless in Seattle where that they really made AOL uh-huh. really big that that's what's happening to cryptocurrencies so does it need oversight yes it does to a point I'm a firm believer in oversight regulation to a point but it can't be over regulated where it stifles innovation but um, there's gonna be a lot of tremendous breakthroughs in cryptocurrency and blockchain technology within the next 6 to 12 to 24 months that we can even think about today Okay, very good. Well, Andy, we want to thank you for joining us tonight and helping us to understand the world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Actually, it's a universe. I mean, it's just amazing all of the things that you uh, discussed tonight. Uh, Do you have any uh, final comments or thoughts for our audience? 
Well, first, I'd like to thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And then uh, secondly, uh, I know we touched on a lot of different subjects. Um, and as I mentioned before, with the uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency jumpstart, um, you know, folks can visit my website at BitcoinLearningCenters.com, learn a little bit more about what we're doing um, to help educate individuals, but more importantly, is become that trusted source for individuals when they learn about cryptocurrencies before they even, you know, consider uh, possibly even investing in it. It's definitely do your research, learn about it, spend that extra time so you know exactly what you're investing in, most important. Okay. Now, most of the things we talked about tonight uh, will be dis- discussed in your, your book also. That is correct, yes. Okay, all right. Thank you again very much. We appreciate it. And we'd like to thank uh, uh, all of our listeners for joining us tonight uh, out in CWR Nation. Uh, Our month-long celebration of Financial Literacy Month continues tomorrow night with our special personal money management and finance show, uh, the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. That's tomorrow evening at 730 Please join Lionel with his special guest. And I will return on a special day and time this Thursday with a show on how to get started with the basics of investing. So we hope to see you then. That's Thursday night at 630. That's going to do it for this evening. Thanks so much again for joining us. And have a good evening until we see you again on Thursday. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong.